0: It is one of really one of those passages that I really enjoy reading. I enjoy studying. It is so relevant, and it is such a little passage as far as Moses is concerned, and um, really, it's timeless. Because as you're studying, as you're studying Moses, you realize that Moses is just a man like anybody else. You realize that Moses has his flaws. He makes mistakes. Moses, with his fears and inadequacies that he worries about. It is a quintessential passage about God at work in a human's life. And uh, as you study it, it's important that you see that Moses and we in history, and the truth is Moses deserves it. Moses deserves in history to be placed in a high place. He does. He is symbolically, as a person, he is symbolically, I would say, the leader of of the Jewish faith. He is the one that is looked to. And you have great, obviously, in Old Testament, the number of people in the Old Testament that are great heroes of faith are innumerable, and the Jewish culture has a great bench to to draw from when they talk about um, the great people of faith in in their belief system. But Moses is the high one, and rightly, he delivered his people out of Egypt into the promised land and all of jewish history comes from that but that being said that doesn't mean that he wasn't he was a human because he was completely human he was absolutely in every possible way even on this mountaintop meeting with god he is absolutely as human as possible and we see in verse 10 After God's told him he's heard all the cries of his children, he's heard everything that's going on in Egypt, and he's listened to it. He comes and he says, come now, therefore I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people and the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, up until then, Moses didn't know what his role in this was. God had explained that they'd been in Egypt and the God explained he'd heard the cry and that they were suffering and that, and Moses knew all that. And not only did Moses know all that, Moses cared about that. That was important to Moses. And we know that was important to Moses because he killed the Egyptian over beating the slaves, beating the Hebrews when he was in Egypt. The reason he was where he is now in the desert is because Moses had a heart he had a heart for the children of israel and he had a sense of justice and he had a sense of when that his countrymen his the people of his heritage were being mistreated he had a innate desire to fix that problem now you need to understand that it's not that's not my problem because moses actually did see it as a problem, and he did see it as something that touched home with him. He says, Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression in which the Egyptians oppressed them. That's verse 9. Now, he God transitions, and he says, Come now, notice, he's not telling Moses to go. He's telling Moses to come with him. That's critical right there in understanding how God works. God is not sending you by yourself. He is calling you to go and do his work with him. And that's critical. He says, "Come now, therefore I will send you to Pharaoh." Notice, come on, we're going you're going to Pharaoh. Here we go. And that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, Moses is good with the whole talk up until this moment (laughs) and aren't we all aren't we all aren't we all good with god doing his will and his way in this world until it involves some personal sacrifice or some personal investment into the situation then we're not so sure about how we're going to do this he says but moses said to god who am i that i should go to pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Notice, he's saying, "I'm not the one. Why would you pick me? I don't meet the standard." And true, he was a murderer. True, he was. He was. He'd been banished from Egypt. True, he was now just kind of living out the remainder of his miserable life out in the wilderness with the, those sheep. Sure, I'm sure he thought he wasn't very much. I'm quite sure that he believed he was he was nothing, and that in that way we all think. In that way we all think. Why would God pick me? You know, if you if I run across a believer who God is calling to ministry and they believe that they're they're the perfect pick from God, then I'm questioning whether God's actually calling them to ministry. I do that all the That's the, if you think that you're the perfect one for them to call for God to call to do ministry, then. Um, you you're not prepared for ministry. You are not you are not in yourself perfect for anything. But with God, you are perfect to glorify His will and His way. You are perfect to glorify His will and His way if you hear His voice and you hear His call, because God doesn't make mistakes in the call. He did not make mistakes in His plan. His will is perfect and His will is pleasing. His will is good for our lives. And His will is not, His will is not flawed in any way. And when God calls you, He calls you for a great reason and a great purpose. And you need to understand that. And sure, Moses could easily see himself as nothing and rightly, and we all are that way. But that doesn't mean that God's call and God's purposes are flawed. When we realize it's us that he is telling to do something, it's us that he's leading in his paths of righteousness, it's us who he's telling us where he's got plans for us in his kingdom and his kingdom work. When that goes on, when that happens, when God's doing that kind of work in our lives, he's perfectly chosen you for the time and the season you live in. I love Queen Esther. Who knows? Maybe you were chosen for a time such as this. And uh, and even though Mordecai says that, the truth is, it's not who knows, we do know. If God's calling your name, then he has chosen to use you in the situation that you find yourself in. And uh, wow, it's good to get called off the bench into the game. And even though you don't see yourself as that, God does, and how God sees you is reality, and how you see you is is just a, it's a fainting view of the truth. It's not really the truth. It's just how you have grown up perceiving yourself, and that is just not that's not not how God sees it. And so he says, Moses said to God, "Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children out of Egypt?" And that's a good question. And God is going to be, He's going to be. He's going to be kind in his answer to him. So he said, meaning God, I will certainly be with you. I just said, Come on, let's go. Come on, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. Come on, we're going. He said, I will certainly be with you. (laughs) I'm not leaving you. I'm not, you're not doing this on your own. I'm, in fact, not doing it at all. You're just going with me to do it. Uh, He says, I will certainly be with you. Listen, Moses didn't turn the Nile River to blood, God did. Moses just used the staff God gave him and touched it and told Pharaoh what God was going to do. None of the plagues of Egypt that happened, uh, Moses didn't do any of those. Moses just acted in faith and believed God, and God did it. By the way, nothing that's done well is done by anybody but God. So it's it's not an issue of whether or not you're going to have to accomplish something. You're not. God's going to do it. He just wants you to trust him and act. He wants you to hear his voice and do what he asks you to do. That's all he really wants from you. He said, He said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. What he's saying is, I'm gonna show you that you're gonna bring them all back to this place. And that's not real comforting for Moses, I know. He's saying, What are we gonna do when we get there? How am I gonna get them out? God's saying, Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little picture of the end of the story i'm not going to tell you how exactly it's going to happen but at the end we're all going to meet back up here we're going to we're, all the children of Israel are going to be back here we're going to be out of egypt and everybody's going to be gone and they're going to escape and uh, that is a that that's a promise i'm telling you that's the way it's going to end up now when we study this this is uh, this is really how god does all of us he says Listen, I'm calling you. I'm asking you to trust me. I'm going to begin to work in your life. And at the end, I am going to glorify myself. I'm going to glorify myself with your life. And at the end, when we all get together, uh, you're going to see the greatness of my work and my grace involved in your life. And I want you to understand that. And I want you to know that. But right now, I just need you to trust me and get going. I'm not going to tell you how it's all going. Each play is going to be run. I'm not going to tell you all the outcomes of every situation. I'm not going to tell you where things are going to work out and where they're not going to work out. I'm not going to tell you where you're wrong in your notions of how I'm doing things right now, or what's going to be the final result. I'm just telling you in this moment, in the season that we're in, you follow me and I'm going to take care of you. Now, that is that is really the only way to walk with God. That is really the only way to walk with God. And let me tell you, you not believing that God can use you is a is a perfect position to be used by God. You if you had pride in yourself, you would not be usable by the Lord. You just wouldn't. If you believe that you were in some ways some way worthy of his will and his plan. Your availability would be less, and your ability to actually serve him would be nil. It would be zero. You are not worthy to serve. God makes you holy. You're not holy. God makes you righteous. You're not righteous. God gives you faith. You don't start with faith. He gives it to you. And God places the opportunities and the plan in front of you. You don't do it yourself. And so all that being said, God is the initiator, he is the carrier, and he is the finisher of the action. You are joining him in that. And so it's perfectly right to say, I'm not worthy. But it's not okay to say, therefore, I'm not doing it. That's not okay. It's not okay. I'm not worthy. Correct. I'm not capable. Correct. God's going to do it? Yes. So I should follow him? Absolutely. That's the only way to really see it. And that's the only way to really do it. And stepping out by faith and stepping out and doing the big things that God has asked you to do is where real life's at. It really is. This whole talk that they're having is what's going to make Moses. And by the way, the struggle you're having with God to do and to be and to walk according to his will and his way, that's what's going to make you. And uh, it is a great journey and a great path. And I pray that you would experience it in its fullness. I pray that you'll experience it in its greatness. I pray that God will open your life up and use you in mighty ways. And I am fully expecting that. I am fully expecting that, and so it will be it's going to be God wants to glorify his name and he glorifies his name mightily and rightly, and he's going to use you to do it, but you got to get your mind right and realize okay it's not a it's not a choice it's not an option it's how God does things, and I need to join him in it, and as you do what a what a what a wonderful life it is. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.